0: Well, hello, Date Night fam. Tony here with the beautiful Brie.
1: Hello, my handsome (laughs) hubby.
0: Oh, I got a (laughs) handsome... Well, we have another hot button issue, kind of round two today, still confronting Pride Month, Target, transgenderism, uh, and some of the challenges it creates for our parenting. But first, we need to give a big shout out to everyone, our entire Date Night fam and Mission Bible, as we've just crested 100,000 downloads for the year. So thank you for being a part of the pod with us. The
1: biggest joy has been hearing when homes have been changed for God's glory. We truly love doing this with you all. And I can't believe Mm -hmm. it's been a year. It flew by.
0: Well, you're with me. I mean, what do you expect?
1: Oh my goodness.
0: (laughs) In all seriousness, everyone thank you for reviewing sharing, of course listening but most of all just being part of our larger extended for the gospel family in the faith it has been a blast amen okay I know you're ready for this we have a jam-packed pod today my love wrestling through the natural tension of being a good Christian citizen while also not being steamrolled by the heinous evils that are being force-fed to our kids
1: yes our culture has corrupted God's covenant of marriage tried to sadly turn men into women allowed men to take Mm -hmm. over the girls restrooms all under the diabolical lie that boys can be girls and gender needs to be reaffirmed and the whole thing is assaulting truth the family and the name of our god
0: yeah so we're fired up you seem a little fired up yes all right well you ready for this yes ethan you ready let's roll All right. Well, hey, let's start here with the assault on parental authority. Uh, And while doing my notes on this, I'll just be honest. I first thought I was getting really tired of all this stuff, just all the news and the podcasts and social media feeling like almost a looming cloud of evil that just never goes away but then it hit me that it wasn't really tiredness love it was more of a righteous anger I think I'm just fed up and mm-hmm. tired of people being hurt and confused and God's glory being defamed Agreed. but that is a fallen world no perfect era and there won't be until Christ returns I remember an older guy saying once that back in the the, the teens meaning the uh, 19 teens 1916-17 it was World War One, and then the 1920s Prohibition and then the Great Depression and Hitler racism Vietnam the economy the Cold War he went through the whole thing mm. and he just and now here we are. His point was there's no there there. Every generation takes their turn and tries to stand as salt and light and share the good news and hand it off to the next one. But real soon, Jesus will return and he's the one uh, that fixes it.
1: Come Lord Jesus.
0: So let's put this culture battle in front of everyone as clearly as we possibly can. And I don't think anyone anymore who really knows their Bible is going to disagree with us on all this. Yeah,
1: the challenge is that we now live in a nation that legislates evil and more and more that includes laws impacting our kids. Yeah, and
0: we discussed that last week the biblical baseline for all this was Romans 1 mm-hmm. that God gives a society over to evil to the point that they applaud it and then eventually like now even legislate it
1: and obviously that creates tension for Christians because we want to practice civil obedience mm-hmm. knowing the Lord has placed authority in place as common grace to maintain order but on the flip side we can't obey authorities that tell us to disobey God or want to harm the children we're here to protect
0: so that's why we do podcasts like this one we don't want to be doing podcasts answering questions nobody's asking mm-hmm. <laughs> but this Is one of those topics we know a lot of you are asking about. And just in case someone's not aware, you've kind of had your head in the sand or living in a cave somewhere, all that's been going on, please know that the Biden White House, for example, along with so many progressive governors, are quite literally opening the floodgates of evil down on the next generation. Uh, And it's really a sex revolution that's being poured down on our kids.
1: Totally right. Here are a few examples. First, President Biden did an interview for The Daily Show with Cal Penn, and on the topic of trans identifying kids and how states like Florida are trying to prevent minors from doing irreversible surgeries on their bodies, President Biden said, quote, the federal government should make sure we pass legislation like we passed with same-sex marriage. You mess with that, you're breaking the law, and you're held accountable.
0: And even in that quote, he spoke directly about Florida, saying, you know, what's going on in Florida, which everyone knows, the state medical boards have kind of banned a lot of this madness. He said, that's just what my mom used to call sinful. So here's our president yeah. calling state standing up for morality, and quote, sinful.
1: And closer to home for us, Gavin Newsom signed a bill that, I'll quote, restricts California official health providers from cooperating our out-of-state attempts to stop a child from getting gender health services, including puberty blockers, cross-sex homes, hormones,
0: Hormones, or
1: gender surgery.
0: And that one, by the way, even bans California officials from obeying when other states have set up laws to protect parental rights. Um, And there's a bill up for vote this year to move all California schools, K through 12, to gender-neutral bathrooms. Uh, And just a couple months ago, I'm sure most people heard in the news, um, a Christian teacher here in Riverside lost her job for not using a child's desired pronoun. Uh, And I think still the most shocking part of this is that the law gives courts the authority to strip custody rights out of parents' hands, Mm -hmm. regardless of where they live in the country yeah. Uh, who refuse to allow their children to do these procedures. And if anyone wants sourcing on all that, just check out the Heritage Foundation, which is www.heritage.org.
1: And let me point out how manipulative all of this is, especially the way they redefine terms. What Biden and Newsom call gender-affirming care is actually a gruesome practice that includes mutilating the body parts of young boys and girls. It does.
0: And and parents, you may want to pause here if your kids are listening. So I'll just give you a moment to reach over and hit the pause button uh, and give it a quick listen first before I continue. For example, in California, a girl aged 13 can receive a double mastectomy removing her breast so that she can present as a male. Um, and that's the more in quote benign version of these surgeries. The the, West, we, you know, the rest of that we wouldn't even feel comfortable sharing. Um, but like we saw earlier this month with Target's swimsuit tuck controversy, these laws allow doctors to add, remove, and really forever change private parts of children.
1: And there's loads of testimonials coming out from young people who did the surgery and immediately found a depression because nothing works right anymore. Mm-hmm. They're God-given biological functions are removed, and the internal identity crisis isn't solved, only exacerbated, and it's so sad, nearly one-fourth have attempted suicide.
0: And that right there is the reason we're doing the pod. It's not only the personal issue, but even the more national issue, that right now only four states have limited all this, Alabama, Arkansas, Texas, and Arizona, by the way, props to you. Mm -hmm. Currently, 15 states are considering pieces of legislation. The point being, this is the debate of our lifetime. This Mm -hmm. is the debate of our parental lifetime. You know, what can a state do to our kids? Can parents say no? And basically, if you're not preparing as a parent, you need to.
1: What are the key terms people need to know? My Sure,
0: love? sure. The areas of debate, as and I'll, I'll say they, you know, the, the government describes them. And this is right from their websites. Our number one, gender identity. What they describe as, quote, one's internal sense of being male or female or some combo that may not align with a sex or gender in quote, assigned at birth. Mm-hmm. Number two is transgender, a gender identity different from that traditionally associated with sex. Here it is again, in quote, assigned at birth. Number three is gender dysphoria, which they call a distress or impairment related to a strong desire to be of another gender, which may include desire to change primary and or secondary sex characteristics. And number four, gender affirming care, which is really what we're talking about here, a model of care which includes social, psychological, behavioral or medical interventions to support and affirm an individual's desire to Gender identity.
1: It's frightening how they use the terminology assigned, at, assigned birth, at birth. As yeah. if parents or doctors just randomly selected male on their birth certificate, which entirely negates God as their creator and their life as a supernatural and beautiful yeah, miracle.
0: Their very beauty is made in the image of God. It's humanism to the hilt, a satanic subterfuge of biblical anthropology, turning the creature to worship himself, ultimately ignoring and defaming any idea of God. And that right there is where this conversation naturally culminates for we Christians. When this pagan worldview, this satanic and demonic worldview, is pressing in on our homes, and even our government begins force-feeding lies that we know will destroy our children and defame the glory of God, we naturally find ourselves wrestling through a battle of conscience. And that's why, like I mentioned earlier, those questions come up. How much can the state do? How much can we allow? Where's the line? When is it time to say no? And then how? Yes, yes. And that's where we're going to make the turn now from the assault, number one, on parental authority to the answer, number two, of sphere sovereignty. Uh, and I think we can just start by laying out the verses most people know, and that's Romans thirteen one to three, which is crystal clear about a Christian civil obedience to government. So my love, are you willing to read it for us?
1: Yes, from the NASB. Every person is to be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil."
0: And I am sure most Christians have read and studied that and heard that, taught and preached and discussed, (laughs) the last four years especially. Um, And I don't think most of us can argue with the basic sentiment, the clear plain meaning of that text. Um, And even those who hold to a more revolutionary zeal, maybe a Reconstruction-type theonomy, for the most part know that we're fighting an ideological war, a spiritual war, and not a physical crusade. Um, Although there have been times in history where people in the name of Christ vainly attempted world domination, we can tackle that in another pod, for the most part, Christians know they're here to be at peace with men when possible and certainly not incite physical violence or a coup.
1: But it's not as simple as just getting steamrolled by evil either because time and again throughout history Christians have become a city on the hills salt that preserves and light that shines brightly against darkness. And If there were no moral code, society would quickly cascade into anarchy, like the days of Noah.
0: Just like Noah, which is why there is one principle and a few implications Christian parents need to know, both for the sake of educating others and also for the courage of conscience. And I'm going to share these slowly so everyone can track the terms. If you're a Christian parent who's wrestling between God, government, and your parental rights, a very helpful principle is something that Abraham Kuyper once coined, Sphere Sovereignty meaning God has ordained unique spheres that each have their own place in creation because they each fulfill creational purposes.
1: Sorry to interrupt, Mayla. Who okay. was Kuyper?
0: He was a Dutch theologian around the turn of the 20th century who helped the Netherlands think through, you know, how to be a Christian, not of this world, but remain involved in moral topics and Got all it. that. And Kuyper pulled the idea of sphere sovereignty from our perfect example, and most people will know this first, the Lord Jesus, who designated unique spheres when he famously told the disciples, quote, render to Caesar things that are Caesar's and to God things that are God's.
1: Matthew 22. Ah,
0: very good, my love. So, historically, Christians have identified three main spheres of God's creation, all right? And people probably know this the church is number one, the government, and the family. And these structures were designed by God to uphold society. And if you lose them, you're headed to catastrophe, to my love's point on Noah.
1: And it doesn't seem like that would always be perfectly clean. No, Like there would be, have to be overlap because a city council would have input on a church building or a son could end up being a pastor of a church his father attended.
0: (laughs) That has happened as well. (laughs) But generally speaking, in the ideal, citizens submit to the government in civil matters. Children submit to parents in family matters and believers submit to church elders in ecclesiastical matters. And this principle, it's important we understand this, was part of Protestant history, and really was a founding idea of religious freedom for our nation.
1: So, those spheres of authority mostly become an issue when they get into conflict.
0: Into conflict, yes. When the church attempts to rule society, or one family tries to rule the nations, we call that tyranny. Uh, And to our point in this pod, when a civil government oversteps into matters of worship. And that right there, Mm -hmm. what you just mentioned, sphere conflict, is where Western culture and now government are as it relates to the church and the family. Overstepping by not only permitting, but now often forcing and commercializing these perversions upon our children.
1: Gender-bending, drag queen story hour, sex ed, the whole gamut. The
0: whole gamut. Government has moved from a civil sphere over into a spiritual space by pushing its humanism with the sexual deviance right onto our kids. So although we want to be law-abiding citizens, submitting to authority, and the last thing we want to be known for is revolution, anger, hostility, we do still serve and always will a higher authority, the Lord Jesus Christ, which means there are exceptions to our civil compliance. And so once we understand the principle of seer sovereignty, then we evaluate the biblical exceptions that help to guide us through that. So why don't we go ahead and do that for everyone right now? We'll do it the same way we did last week. You read them, and then I'll kind of try to explain them briefly.
1: You got it. Exception number one is when given an order to do what is wrong.
0: When given an order to do what is wrong, which is pretty obvious. (laughs) You know, when an authority issues a command requiring we violate God's law, we won't comply with the order. And there's a ton of examples in the Bible, right? Hebrew midwives refusing Pharaoh's order to kill babies, Rahab not giving up the spies, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego not bowing to the graven image. And
1: and exception number two is when given an order to stop doing what is right.
0: Right, just the opposite of exception one, where the governing officials command we stop doing what God commanded us to be doing. And again, we're given biblical examples like Moses leading Israel against Pharaoh's orders, Daniel praying when told not to, and Peter preaching when he was told to stop. And
1: and exception number three is when given an order to stay silent in the face of evil.
0: Meaning when a governing authority openly violates the law of God, And believers are a right to condemn that evil and even rebuke that sinful behavior. And again, the Bible's replete with examples Nathan confronting David for murder and adultery, Elijah calling out Ahab, or John the Baptist rebuking Herod for his incest.
1: It sounds like all of those (laughs) apply today. (laughs) They
0: do. We're at an inflection point. You know, for really the first time, we see a coalition of leaders giving, number one, orders to do what's wrong, number two, orders to stop doing what's right, number three, telling us all to stay silent about it. Yeah.
1: So in a situation like the government attempting to groom our kids into sex sin, we not only have the right to push back, but We must. We
0: must. When a culture and government orders we do wrong, orders us stop doing right, and orders us stay silent about it, we say no. Now, we can remain respectful. We don't stir up a coup. Uh, We don't grow violent, but we let it be known that we cannot comply and that we will speak up due to our resolute obedience to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, who is authority over every other authority.
1: And we should have no qualms of conscience standing for the truth of God's word and for the good of our children. None at all. And what sites help parents navigate all of this?
0: Well, I mentioned the Heritage Foundation. That's heritage.org. Um, but also, if you're in California, check out California Family Council. That's californiafamily.org, who does a great job maintaining a real-time update on bills and votes and elections and amendments. And if you like some legal assistance, check out Brad Dakis and the Pacific Justice Institute.
1: Wasn't it PJI who stepped up to help us when Peyton was told she couldn't yes, see it amazing was. grace?
0: Yes, it was. They do a great job helping Christians being targeted. But most of all, get your entire family in a good church, be very considerate of getting out of the public school system, and basically do everything in your power to give your kids a solid foundation like we talked about on the pod last week so that by 18 or 19 they can step into the world fully equipped with the armor of God and they can handle these things for themselves. Amen. Let's pray for our kids. Heavenly Father, what's happened to our nation is tragic. Not only the pagan assault on our kids, but also the capitulation of churches and many Christians refusing to speak up and share truth. So free our consciences, bind them to your word, give us wisdom, strengthen our shaking knees and help us to be bold. Even when our voice trembles, always espousing allegiance to Christ and to the good of his people. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Date Night Fam, thanks again for an incredible first year. We will be back in a week and pray the Lord's grace and peace be with you. Thanks to Ethan, our producer and loving family at Mission Bible. Until next time, keep living for the gospel and fighting for the family.